Hogwash. Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, series, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Frank. It's Zach. I can't so she fled from distant Ireland, and so our school began. Oh, Ilva Morning, Massachusetts, we choose it, we choose it. We choose it. Welcome to Pottercast, everybody. My name's Frankie or Frack. My name's John or Frack. My name's Zach or Frack. There we go. Melissa's not here today. No, Melissa took a day off because she had to do something about Broadway. Uh, con um like she's like trying to like pawn off counterfeit broadway tickets it's like this broadway con she's yeah, she got was going. conning people on broadway she's slithering she's slithering she's nasty she's slithering around broadway tickets boy Ticket. we got a whole lot to talk about today oh so many big things i can't believe have you guys heard the news there is a new harry potter song what what, what a do you mean song an ilvermorny school song oh no what that's what we just heard a second ago do you just have the lyrics or is there more well we have lyrics i think that we're going to read them to you and we might even sing them to you and frankly oh. we might even dance them to you that's right uh, uh, <laughs> this is amazing uh, uh, uh. what else we got coming up zach i mean we talked a lot about harry potter in this episode mm-hmm. so if you are a fan of harry potter oh, or cast perfect this is the show for you you made a great call at downloading this harry potter show so good job <laughs> for that now for more harry There's a deleted scene from Fantastic Beasts, and it was the Ilvermorny song. What? What? Oh, I'm so glad that we're recording. <laughs> There's an Ilvermorny song? Yes. Like, who wrote it? I'm assuming it was Joe Rowling, J.K. Rowling herself, but Queenie sang Is it, it better in the than film. Hoggy Hoggy Hogwarts? <laughs> Teach us I something mean... good. It was cute. It was the scene where Tina and Queenie were talking to Newt right before the Thunderbird came up and told him, Danger's coming. Rangers. Remember when <laughs> yeah. they were talking about Lita and Hogwash and Ilvermorny? Yeah, yeah. And like they, they got cut off because okay, of the lyrics are caw, 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 purr, purr. We stand as one united against the Puritan. We draw our inspiration from which Morrigan, for she was persecuted by common wandless men, though she fled from distant Ireland. So and so our school began. Oh, Ilvermorny, Massachusetts, we should choose it. We should choose it. The wizard school supreme. <laughs> Your castle walls, they kept us safe. The days with you a dream. You taught us all our magic. And now one thing's quite clear. Where we roam, where we roam, our one true home, our one and own is Ilvermorny Deer. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I butchered that enough, I hope. 
I can't believe that they are choo choosing Massachusetts. <laughs> oh my god! I hope I read that correctly. If I didn't, I'm going to feel no, like you a did. Fool. You uh, need to listen to it because there's harmonies and there's so much attitude. It's not like the Hogwarts song at all. Let's listen to it right now. Let's go ahead. We stand as one. Ukulele. <laughs> this is so random. We draw inspiration. Good witch Morrigan, for she was persecuted by common wantless man. So she fled from distant Ireland, and so our school began. Oh, Ilva Morning, Massachusetts, we choo choose it, we choo choose it. Your castle walls, they kept us safe. Days with you a dream. You taught us all a magic, and now one thing's quite clear: where we roam, where we roam, I want you home. I want alone. Is silver morning, Okay, I love that. <laughs> I can't choose it. <laughs> it was amazing. It was like a little like hipster band. It was, it's like so what folky. are they doing just breaking out into this whole production the only regret is that they didn't give nifflers the instruments to play along <laughs> oh my gosh this is the corniest thing i've ever seen it was wonderfully corny did they actually think this was going to be included in the film when they filmed this i wonder i don't think so oh man why wouldn't they well they didn't <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I really, I really enjoyed how like they like weren't singing as though they were confident in their ability to do so. Yeah, it was better than Hoggy Hoggy Hogwarts. I'm sorry, that's a stupid song. And then they have the point where they just all sing whatever lyrics they want. Ugh. Yeah. Do you have more loyalty to Hogwarts because it's our, it's kind of our alma mater, or are you Ilvermorny because it should be our alma mater? Ugh, I'm Ravenclaw. Mm. Yeah, I don't know not, know enough about Ilvermorny yet to feel like any attachment to it at all. I feel so conflicted because I want to I want to be loyal to Ilvermorny, but at the same time, it like just... maybe once we see it on screen or once we see or hear like like a, a story taking place there, even partially, I'll, I'll feel a little something for uh, it. I love the story she already wrote about it. It's great. I just think like if you were to like like for all the time that we've liked Hogwarts. If somebody were to come out of nowhere and be like, actually, you don't get to go to Hogwarts. You go to this other <laughs> random word and here's a little bit of story about it. We're going to need you to turn in all of your Gryffindor stuff, all of your Hufflepuff stuff. We're going to need you to turn all of it in. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, like I, I identify with the Ravenclaw house so much that I would be really because like I like Horned Serpent, but to me, it doesn't have the whimsy of Ravenclaw. And mm -hmm. so it just seems like I, I, I and the tout, like, I know I've said this a bunch of times in the podcast, but like when I read that seventh book and we went into Ravenclaw Tower, that's when I was like, I'm a Ravenclaw. And that tower just, I want to be in the oh, common room so much. Yeah. I definitely don't want my Hogwarts invitation rescinded just because I'm on the wrong continent for admission yeah at least my imaginary invitation maybe there's an exchange program with over morning and hogwash uh, i mean hogwarts i still think there are more there has to be more than uh one wizarding school in north america 
And so I don't even think we would have beat me. John, maybe John probably <laughs> went, went, went over there because, you know, he's from East Coast. I mean, that would have been a little nine hour trip. Yeah, for me. I would not have gone to Ilvermorny unless it was literally the only wizarding school in America. But I would like to think and I guess they have set it up nicely that magic and wizards weren't really a, like it was really persecuted in America. So maybe that's why the wizarding population is a lot smaller there and so maybe only needed one school but i don't know i think there should be three there should be one in the pacific northwest well i mean just think about how much bigger the united states is than the whole uk well, and they have the uk like there's durhamstrang bobaton and hogwarts all in like western europe area ish yeah. from what we know rather close right and so but i guess at this point they would have uh they would have announced it. I don't know. Maybe it's a slow burn. We have maps and everything. That's true. We did see that one map and we posted it on Patreon and a lot of folks had opinions on what the hell all oh, those yeah, signs meant. they did. Last week we saw this map. I think it was somewhere during the, the time when we were talking about the things that would fit into the contest case and all the different stuff that mm-hmm. we would put in. And Yeah, the newt case. Uh-huh. It almost sounds like suitcase, but instead newt case. It's like an alliteration or something. We posted it on Patreon and asked simply, what the heck is this? And mm-hmm. some of you replied, and I feel like it's much clearer now. Yeah, so um, Frankie Franco says, <laughs> no. Megan McCann says, it looks to me like they're tracking something. I think it first reminded me of a weather map. The big M might be Makuza, and the circles with the little triangles might be hotspots for criminal magical activity, where the FBC VNO has had to intervene. The stars could be where they expect future magical crime to take place. I'm not sure about this. Okay, she's lost me there. I don't think it has anything to do with that, necessarily. What about Brett? The first comment from Brett. That's that's yeah. the best comment. Brett just says, what is it? <laughs> we know, obviously. Thanks, Brett. Brett. I love you, Brett. Thanks, Brett. <laughs> I like your Fox uh, avatar. His name's Brett. His name's Brett. Brett. Yes, what is Brit. it? You're going to be drawing a fox avatar. <laughs> a fox avatar. <laughs> um, I like what Josh points out. He says all he knows Josh. is that the star with the circle around North Carolina is where I live. And I'll keep an eye out for anything magical. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That's very thoughtful. And then they also, re- they also remember. Oh, that is interesting, though. He says he didn't remember sheriff. They resemble sheriff badges. Eh, no. Sure. Diane Eblen. The the uh these are various crime spots, hot spots and areas of conjuration. You can see in the major investigation departments in the movie, also in the really cool book by Mark Salisbury. Sorry, I'm butchering that. The circles with the pie wedge have initials F B C V N O, which stands for Federal Bureau of Covert Vigilance, Nomad. Obliviation. Oh, wow. As a part of the U.S. spell, which means in the uh, contracting violation of. Oh, so maybe those are areas that they've had to have. They've had mass like um, incidences. They've had to like obliviate people like group obliviations. Mm. Yeah. The part that really confuses me are the all the arrows. I really want to know what this is now. It's a very weird thing to have on a map in general. And the, and the type of arrows. You know what I mean? Like they, they're, right. they use, and both icons have arrows. 
Yeah. And the, the M has so many arrows. Uh, I don't, there's obviously we don't have enough information. Right. But it's super cool. I don't know why there are skulls. I would just love to know if this is just an arbitrary bit of artwork or if this actually all means something. Like, is it teasing us that we're going to expand west and experience more of this continent? Or is it just, well, we have a budget, let's make some stuff and everyone enjoy it? Yeah. I mean, I could see where they, the, I could. See both scenarios pretty clearly. Like they need to flesh out these rooms, they need to put things in these government offices that look legit. Um, but I could also see them coming up with actual explanations for all this too. Like, mm. like what are the skulls represent? Well, death probably. But like an entire like state. What happened there? Yeah, death probably. Or does it mean? <laughs> how the nomages are like coming after them like oh it's really dangerous to go to the states with the skulls well yeah and then someone suggested that maybe that's yeah like somewhere that wizards shouldn't go that's interesting well diane says in the movie that they see it in makuza i'm assuming that it's moving so maybe it's an active just sort of representation of their their policing efforts across the the country do we know what sort of things like the people who are wanted uh in america that are that are wizards like what sort of crimes they've committed like are they crime specific to being magical or is it just kind of like you know theft and murder and like everything else i know they talked about like uh in this well, last summer when uh joe released a bunch of stuff on pottermore about the yeah. wizards in america they, like at least in like the old west like were the founding days of america people were taking advantage like it was like it was really aggressive crime yeah um, i imagine now with how strict the rules are it seems as though like we see a bit of it at that speakeasy like it uh. seems as though it's more of like trading and embezzlement or not embezzlement but smuggling that kind of stuff like mm -hmm. i would imagine but early sort of prohibition era but their version of it with the wizarding world yeah yeah frankie you just said the, like the old west like do we know of any magical things happening like in the old american west because that would be cool as hell beside that picture what else do we have well i mean just just what she's wrote in passing on like like the wizarding world and like yeah. the whole like act of secrecy and then the whole um i think her name was dorcas who messed up and told the the, the location of where makuza was and then oh, and then yeah. all that kind of stuff i'm thinking about old west wizards shooting their wands at each other dueling exactly like i would just want to watch like a, like a scene that looks like it's going to be a western type of duel and instead of guns they whip out wands yes. yeah like magnificent seven but wizarding world version oh yeah yes uh i want a fan video that would be amazing but they <laughs> they weren't uh that's hard to, it's tough to say because they didn't start with magic using wands yeah wait what what do you mean do you think well because the the continent was was primarily wandless magic right before the mm -hmm. european invasion so do you mm -hmm. think that by the late 1800s they had the ones and they were because they did in the fantastic beast movies well when we're talking about cowboys we're talking about westerners we're not talking about natives right you know what i mean and so i would imagine that it's they very similar yeah. that they would have brought just like how technology from europe was brought in brought in wow brought over <laughs> over conjugating um brought over from europe into this you know the continents and so 
continent. Oh my that gosh. That would be so fun to watch. You're crazy. Hello Pottercast. I would like to hear your opinion on how dangerous Newt is on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being Albus Dumbledore. In my opinion, Newt is at least an 8 or 9. He escaped Mercurius' death chamber, has dueled Grindelwald one on one and survived for a long time, and even caught Grindelwald when 30 or so hours simply failed. And after all that, Newt proceeds to wipe the mind of an entire city. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I don't think. Sorry, I'm jumping in here. Um, I think the charm of Newt and the power of Newt resides outside of himself. And I think his strength is in the people around him and the creatures around him. Like his strength is his compassion and his like convictions, because I don't think he is super powerful. The only thing that I could argue no. that he's powerful was whatever happened in like, however he made, uh, what's his face, Grindelwald, reveal his true form. Like, whatever happened there, I would love explained mm -hmm. because I don't understand it. But everything else just seems like, like, it wasn't like he, like, levitated and, like, made the potion at the bottom of the killing chamber go away. It wasn't like uh, <laughs> yeah. Frank, which is a great name, by the way. Uh. Frank the, the Thunderbird is the one who, who did that it wasn't like i mean like it was smart of him and it was clever yeah he's he's very clever that's one of his major strengths he's 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 very clever he's very thoughtful thoughtful is a great he's, word for him yeah he's uh they describe him as somebody who's not a really good people person but he does definitely is very aware of his world and he's very curious and uh you know, he's very empathetic, uh, particularly to all of these these creatures and things, and he's not in any way dissuaded by appearances and uh whether or know, not you're a muggle. Right. Whether or not you're a muggle, whether or not you're a scary looking creature or you're a crumplehorn, you know, snorlack, snorkak. Is it Snorlax? So I don't know what the hell. You got I've it never right. known. You guys don't listen to this because they know the words to the to the animals. Yeah, and I what think was I, talking I think about? it speaks to his character more the fact that he's not super powerful, but he still does these yeah. amazing things. Oh yeah, I think so There's too. There's no way in hell he's only a couple degrees separation from Dumbledore, and the battle with Graves. You know, Graves. Let's not forget was fighting as graves and like the moment he got pissed he was fighting as grindelwald when he starts like lightning whipping newt to death on the tracks like graves fought tina a little bit earlier too and tina didn't like get blown up and no one would contend that she's a degree or two away from dumbledore it's that graves was just holding back i don't think that we have enough data to to decide how close newt is to dumbledore but I think that would be really underselling Dumbledore to put anybody walking besides maybe Grindelwald, like within a breath of him. Yeah, especially when it comes to raw power. You know what I mean? Like, I think mm -hmm. in character, yes, he is. Like, I think Newt is really like unique and stands out because he's mm -hmm. he seems very selfless and and clever and and like despite his like social 
like uh, his lack of social graces and the fact that he is an introvert and doesn't deal with people well that he but he still does it speaks very highly of who he is not what he is right what do you think zach i think of the relationship between dumbledore and newt and depending on how close they are i guess it really doesn't matter at the end of the day we know that dumbledore exudes raw power and his talent um i think is probably the only metric that he has that gets close to just how much he practices, you know, like I think that mm-hmm. he was the combination in Joe's storytelling as he had it in him and he chose to take it. He didn't have a partner. He didn't have kids. Yeah, He chose kind of a, a lonely lifestyle after his his troubled youth and I guess troubled middle age as well and then kept on getting more troubled. But he still surrounded himself with people that he loved. And in his later years or pivoting maybe after the the big incident with Ariana, maybe at that point he decided to let his decisions get fueled by the things that I think that we see in Newt naturally coming out. And to me, that explains why Dumbledore would want someone like him so close by. Like not only is he smart, but what he does when it's impressive. I'm I was when you guys were talking, I was trying to think of the the things from the movie that made Newt feel impressive outside of he caught Grindelwald. You know, he can do this. He can do that. Mm -hmm. He fought in the first world war and was taming dragons or healing dragons or something like at his age. What makes him so good? I was thinking about the relationships he had with these really unlikely creatures and allowing them all to mix together. And then the relationship that he struck with Jacob and then Tina and Queenie. And, and I, I feel like what Joe was trying to tell us in the movie was that what they did with heroic, they rooted out someone who's about to become a worldwide villain who already is a worldwide villain. But instead of it being, just sheer bravery like it was Harry and selflessness or if instead of it being Albus with his just sheer power it was like a group of friends that were led by their decisions that just felt good to each other be good to that animal let's go find this animal remember how we thought the the beasts were going to be a little random mm-hmm. but they made sense because as we were looking for those beasts the the plot points from the movie came out so really it was kind of all driven by his his passion for the things that he loves and I think if that's what Dumbledore was trying for in the, the latter parts of his life, I'm not sure why that wouldn't automatically make Newt, you know, nearly as powerful because that's what this powerful person was going after anyways. Yeah. Here's a question. <laughs> what would you what do you guys think Newt's secondary house would be? Slytherin. What are you laughing Slytherin. at? I'm just trying to imagine. Wait, his primary house is Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff, right? That was a real question. No, I know. I'm thinking Ravenclaw, actually. I think Ravenclaw. Because like Ravenclaws, I think, tend to also get kind of caught up in, like, process and in, like, uh, you know, learning the details. And that's definitely Newt, like, to the point where he went and cataloged all these creatures and tells us all about them. And, like, he's like Hermione in that way where it's like you learn something and it's not enough just to know it. You want to tell everybody else about it, too. Like, that's 100% Newt and that's total Ravenclaw. Yeah. I think he would be a Ravenclaw if he wasn't a Hufflepuff. But I'm not doubting his Hufflepuffness internet. I mean, I still, to this day, 2017, don't even know what the hell Hufflepuffness is. Yes, hell you do. Hufflepuff. I mean, all I know is that, like, they're, for whatever reason, like, the most, they, like, try to project the most pride of, like, all of the houses. It's definitely the coolest house to be in. <laughs> It is uh, objectively I would, not. I would argue <laughs> that Ravenclaw is. Did you see the meetups at LeakyCon? <laughs> I was walking to the Gryffindor meetup, and I was proud and excited. Oh. 
And it, it was, no, Gryffindors are a pain in the ass. Fine. <laughs> Gryffindors are super annoying. When, okay, fine. That might be true. But when I looked in the when I looked in the the Hufflepuff room, I mean, they were throwing a party. It was absolute bananas in there. Well, they had a boombox yeah. going. People were doing coordinated dances. I mean, yeah, I don't doubt that either. I I don't know. I uh, I I I I think that fun times are had and Hufflepuff house no doubt indisputably and uh I don't know man I just I don't I don't see many Hufflepuffs having high Twitter Twitter follower counts um, because, I mean they're basically the spectators of the school look are they that. not look at Tonks Cedric look at Cedric look at these like individual like you know, I don't know. I I do. Outliers I, I, I think I've said this in the past. Where I think there are two types of Hufflepuffs. There are the qualifying Hufflepuffs that I call like yeah. the little Helgas, and then there are the people who yeah. honestly just didn't fit somewhere else because that was part of it. He, she's like, I'll take right. it a lot, and there's nothing wrong with that. And and so they're the ones that probably just didn't. The more meet, the more like even like people. The more balanced people probably go to Hufflepuff as well, and so you get these these people who excel at being like selfless and and humble, and then you get these people who are just more like, oh, you know, like I'm not particularly brave and I'm not particularly smart, but I'm not like a a jerk like a Slytherin, so I'll stay in Hufflepuff. You know, like I'm joking about the jerks of Slytherin. Hufflepuff, Helga Hufflepuff herself. Do you think that she thought of herself like equal to the other founders? Um, I honestly would argue that it probably didn't even. Uh, cross like, her how mind? do you think she even got into this group because like <laughs> the other people in this group wouldn't seem likely to hang out with her at no, all no, they would because she's see that's the thing i think she's the like she's probably the best person of them because she's the one that isn't hung up on the pretense of having an adjective you know what i mean like the other people are mm-hmm. like i want the brave one i want yeah. smart ones i want the ones that are going to be like really shrewd and manipulative and it's like well she's like <laughs> i don't care i just want to teach kids like she seems like i don't know she's probably the best one to hang out with hufflepuffs are, are arguably the best people to hang out with without a doubt go gryffindor it's just kind of like i'll have the spicy food i'll have the sweet food I'll have like the hot food and like I'll have the thing that just tastes neutral. <laughs> You'd be difficult, John. I'm just trolling for Hufflepuff <laughs> hate mail right now, by the way. I know you are. Don't don't out my intentions. <laughs> if you had About to match the, the four Hogwarts uh, founders to a, a marauder, which would you, how would you do that? I was going to say, she sounds like not so much like evil like a worm tail but like she has about the same social standing in like their group as peter did so yeah okay the marauders uh serious would be slytherin because he's a blacker no because... i mean i just like uh definitely um james is gryffindor all the way um uh lupin is ravenclaw and then by, by oh, yeah. that logic I, that means uh serious would be slytherin and then peter Again, Wait would be Hufflepuff, but that's just because I think the other ones better match the houses and he matches the other houses. Is there any defense for Peter Pettigrew, by the way? Oh, no. man. We might need a whole episode for that. I don't think there is. I mean, there, like, there's no defense. I haven't thought about it in a long time. I don't know. I think there was two, maybe just one panel, but 
I, I remember sitting in on a big conversation about this at the at LeakyCon. Like, like, what what was he trying to get out of betraying the Potters? Like, what was he promised? Like, his life. I don't remember. Power? Was it anything? No, he was just. Was he just being threatened? I think he was afraid that Voldemort was going to win, and so before he won, he wanted to go to that side. But yeah. I don't remember specifically. Oh. Yeah. And so he was just okay. like, so he, he seemed just, and they made the whole connection with like, that's why he hung on to like James and Sirius because they were the powerful people at the school. But like, why did James and Sirius again, even want Peter around? Because like, they're not what was horrible. the origin story I mean, they're not horrible to people. like invite Peter into their group rather than any other random person in the school? Like why Peter? I think because Peter was the one who was probably incessant about hanging out with him. I doubt they were like, hey, Peter hung out. I think Peter probably just tagged along. And he cheered every time James uh, got a snitch. You know, he kind of filled in the cracks. Yeah, and he probably okay, that's he true. appealed to their yeah, that's a really good point. I'm sure he appealed to their egos. And then as soon as there was like a more powerful group to like be a part of, he's like peace. Yeah. And then they do and make a point like, too saying how close like I would argue of the four, the closest ones mm-hmm. were James and Sirius. Like those are the ones who were like the best friends. And then they had the satellite yeah. friends that came alongside. You guys, it's been ten years and like I'm thinking about these characters like I'm thinking about like people I haven't seen since high school. (laughs) Like I know what are they doing? Like what what did that guy do that time in class that we all talk about? (laughs) But like, oh my gosh, I need to go back and read these books again. I still want to know what the hell James did to win Lily. Uh, Yeah, people get older, man. I don't know. I'd like to think that Lily was was a little bit more mature than he's so dreamy. I don't think James is dreamy though. Right, James. James was supposed to be very dreamy. I guess. We don't really have a whole lot of like moments with James that aren't colored by like the lens of uh, Severus or, you know, like I get a time alone with just the two of them. True. I mean, like, it's very fair, but at the same time, like. And am I imagining this, but wasn't there a letter that was in Criminal Place? That was written by Lily. Yeah, but that was after they were married. Too serious. Too serious. And they were, but wasn't she talking about James? Yeah, Mm -hmm. but she was talking about, like, remember, that's what Snape tore the, he tore half of the letter off because he wanted her signature. And so, it was just talking about how they were married and Harry's been playing on the little broom that Sirius gave him. He loves it. And like, that kind of stuff. It was just kind of like, and they were already in hiding at that point. So, it was just small talk, really. Yeah, it was an email, for lack of a better word. Right. Do you think that? Or I, I guess, do you see any parallels in what Severus did to the Death Eaters and what Peter did to the Marauders and the Order of the Phoenix? Mm, explain mm. it a little more, sorry. Snape went off sides after he was discovered, and after it was kind of a collection, and after he knew of the plan to dispatch of Lily, and that's when he talked to. To Dumbledore, so like, do you think that it was a similar sort of crisis of faith, but more? I guess they were both selfishly motivated. He chose it for his feelings for Lily, and Peter chose it for his feelings of safety and wanting to be close to people who were better than him. But you know, like they both yeah. sold e- e- their their parties up the river. I'll still give advantage Severus, if if only because while it was selfish, a, at least it exactly it was on behalf of somebody else's safety. Even yeah, that's a very good you point. Know, like Peter is. I don't know if Peter even realized that the consequences were going to be death necessarily, at least maybe not immediately. Well, I would argue that he wouldn't have seen that at all because if he did, he wouldn't have done it. 
I think he was probably like, I think this is where his Gryffindor side shows up. He was just brazen about like, okay, this is the best option. And he just boldly went that way. I think if he gave Mm -hmm. it thought that would have been more of like a Slytherin thing. And so, and he's not a Slytherin. He's a Gryffindor. And so I think, I think his behavior was just more like, this is clearly the right answer. And he jumped at it. I think Peter did the most Slytherin thing of all of the books that I've ever seen. And that was when he, got rid of his own finger to yeah basically make it look like he, he had died like how and the speech how quick quick did he think of that like how early did he plan that whole fake his own death thing because yeah. that's that's super slytherin it's very smart i'm sure his secondary house probably would have been slytherin who peter yeah oh for sure and, yeah, and to definitely. be fair like i think we forget like i would even argue that some of his like clumsiness and kind of like <laughs> doofiness was could have been put on a bit because it's like i know they talk about how like he would like the the three of the well the two of them helped him become an animagus and that's no easy fact mm-hmm. that's no easy thing to do but he still had to do that you know what i mean like and so he was probably and he you know like he was smart enough to live as a rat for years on his own. He found Voldemort. Like he clearly yeah. is more talented than people give him credit. Well, not to mention he was capable of even becoming an, uh, a rat. That's what, I mean. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think he was very capable and he was just like part yeah. of it. I think part of his shtick was probably like being very dowdy on himself. And then like people would like want to compensate for that. And so he was like very self-deprecating so that people would maybe kind of like, no, you're great. Come on, let's hang out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Do you think that Helga was the same in the group of the four? And did they hang out? Like, did they actually hang out? Yeah, they hung out because it talks about how Slytherin and Gryffindor were like best friends for a while. Yeah. But what were they doing when they weren't making the school? When I don't they weren't know. That's what I want to know. Like, I could care less about the Marauders. If everyone's like, wants Joe right. to write more about the Marauders. Like, I'm like, no, I want to know about the founding of the school and how the, how the founders met. Or like a hundred years mm-hmm. in the future. That also works too. Yeah, a hundred years <laughs> post Harry, that'd be awesome. I think it'd be cool. Oh, like the oh art. I think you meant yeah. like I thought the hundred yeah. years after Hogwarts was founded. My bad. No, just just you know, we're talking about new stories. I've I've heard. Yeah, I know this episode is so random. We're all just kind of catching up on Harry Potter in general with each other. But you guys know, over the years, everyone wants to see the Marauders' origin story, or at least just let's just see yeah. a couple scenes with them. And I felt the same way growing up too, but. New stuff. Let's. I mean, Fantastic Beasts has got me spoiled. It's old, but it's new. At least I want new stuff. Oh but yeah, totally. I want new new stuff. I think I think often about what are like, you know, what's happening in the magical world in 2017, and I I've never seen any magic that affects large groups of people as as much and as powerful as the internet. And its ability to talk to millions of people all at the same time. There's no magic that can do that. So I would imagine wizards, as much as they've kind of been ignorant to a lot of muggle technology previously, like they couldn't have ignored the internet. Like they would have had to have found some kind of magical way of using it somehow. I would love to hear the story of the wizard who finally found the right charms to mingle uh, like electronic muggle technology and magic seamlessly. Ooh, it, yeah. is, it, it To me, Ooh. it doesn't seem like oil and water. It just seems like they're out of sync. No. And as soon as someone can realize, oh, like we can, you know, like there has to be something. Maybe it, ha- it can't be yeah. digital or 
I don't know. Like maybe I whatever, but like they have to have figured it out. Like electricity is so important. Well, you see, I would even argue they wouldn't even need electricity for the like for it to work. You know what I mean? Like I think that's part of the charm of like I think maybe maybe that's the interesting part. Maybe it's once you remove electricity from it and they just start using magic to like maybe it's like they find out a burnt out laptop with no battery and they use magic to mm. use it and so when you mink when magic is the source of the power not electricity maybe that's how it works something along those yeah. lines because i like the notion that electricity and sorcery kind of like since it's both forms of energy they bristle when they when they're close to each other and so maybe you just have to get rid of the electricity and the technology and just use the sorcery to power it just like they do with like their lights and but then they just use fire i see i've always been bothered by any magical like replacement for energy because it breaks all laws of the universe way more fundamentally than most of the other magic like a never-ending supply of blank like a self-powering blank like the energy needs to come from somewhere and like you can't just create it from nowhere i always just thought it was subatomic fusion that they just (laughs) didn't under didn't understand but they were able to because it's all the same atoms and they they all live in the same universe just wizards know how to manipulate it that's a really interesting they would need to be coming from somewhere well i mean like imagine if they're the magic is yeah like splitting an atom but on a sliver of that and magic is so precise that like you can do that without it like causing a crater in the city it's like healers versus doctors they sew it up because they don't know how to make the skin just go back together or to make bones Mm. grow again that's interesting like what will muggles do to get around using magic i don't you know have cars instead of brooms that fly it seems a little silly (laughs) you think about it yeah i mean the car was just like a more like efficient way of making a carriage so why don't they have flying carriages instead of brooms (laughs) i guess it's too big i don't know yeah and a lot i mean mind you we're all aware a lot of this is just some of it's just silly speculation of stuff that doesn't you guys we're like three grown men here like using our <laughs> imaginations about nonsense right now uh, that's amazing imagination is yeah. one of and the we're best recording things ever it and putting it on the internet i'm happy about it and thank you for everyone for listening to us because otherwise i don't know if we well we wouldn't record it we'd probably still would do we it do this i don't know I, I think i probably still would i think and i can say this truthfully 90% of the conversations I've had around both of you guys has all been about Harry Potter. All we do is talk about Harry Potter. Uh, how funny is that? How many other people do you know where that's all you talk about? More like, than probably a, a lot, few, actually. but not I mean, a lot of people the majority have to put up with me people. talking about it a lot or other types of magic and storytelling. Are we trying to pick anybody who wins the new case? We've chosen one winner and now we, we need to choose the second one and we'll reveal both at the same time. So we give the illusion of progress. Ooh. That's that's good. It's very umbrage of me to say that. Ooh, doodles. Is your second house a Slytherin house? It is, which is which shocked me. I thought my second house would be um, Gryffindor, and I have like the least bit of Hufflepuff. Wait, in, how, how are you ever, measuring? Which this? makes me kind of sad because they're pretty nice people. But what's funny is I took when the first time I took the Pottermore test, I made sure to be like completely objective and not yeah. try to just answer honestly. And I got Ravenclaw, super happy. And then I figured I made another email address and and try to get Ravenclaw. Sneaky. And that's when I got Slytherin. And then I t- made another email address and then I just answered it honestly again and I got Ravenclaw. And so I thought it was really funny that when I tried mm. to manipulate the situation, <laughs> I got Slytherin. 
But when I just genuinely, honestly answered them, I got Ravenclaw. I know. There's something to that. Oh my gosh. It's so interesting to me. But I can't prove this. And then I, and then I took like, I don't like this test online very much because it's like someone's, um, someone's like gotten all the questions and put them together. You can just answer and it tells you how many, like you, it's them choosing what Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff and Slytherin, all that kind of stuff is. Uh, and so it kind of takes out part of the huge dynamics of the sorting being like the questions kind of lead and bridge to each other, I'm assuming. And so, but of that, I was Ravenclaw and then, and then below that was, uh, Gryffindor really close to that. I mean, the Slytherin really close to that was Gryffindor Frankie, and at the very bottom. If the I Patreon had, like, bought you Hufflepuff. a really nice meal and like a nice slice of cake to, to go with it for you to sit down mm. for like two hours and just take this test over and over and over again and record your results. Uh, how long would you sit and do it? Day five. <laughs> no, not days. <laughs> Day five. Sorting. He's like, I'm still not awful puff. I just love to see it. <laughs> yeah, you can answer the same way. You can answer like a memoir. however you're struck in the moment. But I would love to see how much variation there is. I, w- I mean, that's something I find super. I mean, everyone knows who listens to the podcast. So I get so hung up on sorting. I love it so much. And my whole sorting series was a huge bomb. No one wanted to sort people. <laughs> everyone hated it. No, it wasn't. What are you talking about? Everyone was like, ew, stop sorting people. And I got true. really sad. I never even heard of it. It did because we I stopped doing that, it. I don't think that ever happened. Give me someone to sort and I'll do it. Listen, Frankie, it's 2017. You if you don't right want now? something well, to have happened, just it start works saying it doesn't happen. And then people will start repeating you. Sort Grindelwald. Grindelwald. I'm pretty sure that's a, he's Slytherin. He's really, really smart. He's not Ravenclaw. No, because I don't think he's Raven. He'd be doing it for the sake of figuring stuff out. He has an agenda, and that's very Slytherin. That was Frankie Franco's sorting series. <laughs> I mean, the dude's the dude's tagline is for the greater good, is it not? I mean, I used to think Umbridge was a Ravenclaw gone wrong until book seven. When she wore, when that Horcrux was completely content at resting on her chest and not altering her mind, I was like, okay, yeah, she's Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> I was just watching Order of the Phoenix a couple days ago, actually, and I, oh my God, I just, I forgot about Umbridge. Oh, I like, just, even in the, in the movies, it's, it's like half that yeah. too, because it's, yeah. She, uh, Imelda, Imelda, Imelda? Stan, yeah. yeah. She's so charming. Like, she's just, she's a very beautiful yeah. woman, and she has this, like, really charming face and she's wearing like this cute little tartan pink dress and so like it's 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 cut by the fact that she, it's just brilliant actress but in the books like oh my gosh you i didn't think i could be so frustrated with uh like a i'm surprised like i'm getting just as frustrated now in real life with what's going on um <laughs> when i was <laughs> getting frustrated with it. him him <laughs> and like oh <laughs> But I digress, and I'm getting political. Oh, all right, I must not tell lies on our arms, Seriously. our hands. Sorry if I'm getting political and it upsets people. <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed Pottercast without Melissa, just us boys. Just the boys, just club. the boys. <laughs> We're farting. Oh man, I'm waiting for everybody. Not everybody. I'm waiting for people to start suggesting one of you guys has to be Hufflepuff because, like. They're missing that element of the show. Um, I'm Ravenclaw, so if anyone's Hufflepuff, it's going to be you. Me? No, I was going to say, Zach, didn't, weren't you saying that like you've got like a Hufflepuff scarf or something? No, I don't have one. No. But um, 
their parties are really cool. I'm not lying. I've never seen any any Hogwarts house parties. Where's this Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff does. party that I missed, dude? It, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's it's probably the best kept secret in Hogwarts. I mean, they don't even have a password on the door. You just like drop to get in. They're having parties all the time, and we don't even know about it. It doesn't sound like they're taking their studies too seriously. I'm fine <sighs> not going to a Hufflepuff party. I'll just like, stay up in listen, my room. Listen, it'd be one thing if your school sucked and like your teachers were terrible and like math class was like a drag, but they're at magic school and they're gonna blow it off to like screw around and like drink. Like, talk about like privilege. Oh Take God, advantage true. of the fact that you're at magic school. What are you screwing around for? Okay, that's probably that's, they call it hogwash. <laughs> that's um, <laughs> I think they're all ridiculous. You mean, you like, the Ravenclaws are the only ones that make sense to me in that school. Like, of course you would want to learn everything you could about magic. Are you kidding me? No, but I mean, privilege is a good way of putting it because if you're born into it, they, it's, they take it for granted. Yeah, I can't imagine like any like, I almost said mudblood. That's not right. Muggleborn. What? Like, I can't imagine them coming to hogwarts and being like you know what this is great but like butterbeer is like my favorite thing here so i'm just gonna just drink all day <laughs> yeah i don't think so either i mean they would be like the creepy brothers just taking pictures of everything exactly yeah i totally would have been like a creepy brother it's a good point i'm like <laughs> I oh my god creepy brothers <laughs> which one died it was colin colin oh he got his like head chopped off by like neville or something didn't he <laughs> i think it was uh no i think it was a giant <laughs> Oh, that's right. No, they well, they just found his I'm body. I'm thinking of the snake. We yeah. don't see how he dies. They just like Neville's moving his body. I think. Yeah. Do you remember? I don't know how long it's been since you guys have reread, but do you remember the Battle of Hogwarts? At, at no, it's like at it, dude. At its most frightening, I swear to God, they're running through the grounds. Mm-hmm. They're getting chased by a bloody hell giant trying to eat them. Oh my gosh! And there's spiders from the forest coming out. Yeah. Like, why didn't the movie do that? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that would be really hard to animate all that. It'd be expensive. I know, well, but better it was than turning scary. into like smoke and merging Harry and like the face, which is I get it's, it. It's a, it's a much cheaper effect, though. It's, it's a stupid effect. Smoke simulation to compared to modeling a character and animating it. It was su- super cheap. My favorite part is when Harry killed Voldy thing, and then everyone came outside and probably for the first 15 minutes or maybe 15 years just assumed he apparated away like voldemort yeah because they didn't see him right die. yeah they're like i don't know what all this crap on the ground is but where the hell did voldemort go they're like ash that has a definite place here david yates has been blowing up these walls yeah. for days <laughs> and they're not going to take harry seriously like he just lied about being dead like 20 minutes ago that's so true like hagrid's definitely not going to believe him after what he went through right. carrying him the whole way because it's so <laughs> Harry killing Voldemort an alternative fact. <laughs> He's actually oh back God. at the Malfoy Manor chilling. That one got me. I feel like we're turning into like Dear Hank and John's like bummed out episode they just put out. I freaking love them though. They were h- hilarious in their sadness. I could start <laughs> the episode with that song ukulele i need somebody to make like like a like a hip-hop or like a dance remix to that song oh i'm on it like that uh, would be someone awesome. should make that yeah they should do that i choo 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 i choo 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 like choo, it builds choo, up choo. to the drop yeah and then it's like hogwash <laughs> and then like you put that like purr in there a few times oh yeah <laughs> it's like they're just asking for remixes i'm how is there not 
some already. I'm pretty sure there. Well, know. if it just came out recently, not a lot of overlap with like that like EDM community and like Harry Potter deleted <laughs> scenes. I've got this really good transition. Check this out, guys. Ready? <clears throat> and please don't forget to rate and review Pottercast, our show on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. It's super important, or we'll get Very kicked out of the iTunes store. Yeah, yeah. You need at least twenty reviews a week, or they kick you out or they start charging us and we can't afford it and they'll cut off our fingers one at a time (gasps) that's not an alternative fact they're gonna peter pettigrew us planned ahead for this and emerald city comic con hello everyone this is frankie franco and i'm here to tell you about emerald city comic con like give us a real one wait let me make sure do it in like an old-timey voice though (laughs) hey kids it's me frankie franco and i got a convention to tell you about it's called emerald city comic con and i'm gonna be there like a used car sale you should be there too i'm gonna sign pictures i'm gonna sign your drawings we're selling pictures for 19.99 one payment of 19.99 a picture 19.99 emerald city comic con come on down can we just use that? Can that's amazing. Pictures do not include photographs. <laughs> <laughs> Ticket does not include registration or pamphlets too. I'll be at Emerald City Comic Con on Saturday, March 4th for a Harry Potter uh, panel with um, other people. <laughs> with Harry Potter. Excellent. Harry Potter will be there. You know, I, I think this is our best one. I yet, don't envy what you're going to have to go. We've missed it. you I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. (laughs) 